Hi, Susan. How are you? Same. Good. Let's hope we keep it going with Blackberry. We're talking about Blackberry, the new 2023 film that came out in theaters for a couple of weeks and then was gone. Uh, it wasn't wasn't around too long. And it is on VOD right now, but not streaming anywhere free, which goes against what we usually do. Usually, yeah. we, usually Jeez. we try to do. Uh, yeah, I had to give up my once in a while Dunkin' Donuts beverage for this. Yes, this cost us what three three. It was six ninety nine, but it was on sale for like three dollars. So yeah, yeah, real real price, real bank breaker, but. Uh, yeah, we usually do theaters, which costs you money anyway if you don't have a subscription, you know. We always assume everyone has a subscription like me, but not everyone does, so. And uh, and then streaming, you know, we, Netflix is restrictive currently, and we've done all the others. Like, well, you want us to talk about the Flamin' Hot Cheetos movie? I don't really want to talk about that. It's not interesting. I'd rather talk about a different product. I like, never even know of such thing. Yeah, we, no, we, we've screwed. We, I've, you pointed out Flamin' Hot, and then I start talking about it, and then you're like, oh, no, no, I don't want to. That's usually what happens. But, Is that no. like when uh, Mario Lopez was the, the colonel? What do you mean? Is it like that? <laughs> when he when he was the colonel. I remember that, but why is this like that? Like the flaming hot? No, flaming hot like the Cheetos, not the yeah, not the chicken. Yeah, well, it's still like just an advertisement. Yeah, yeah, no, but Flamin' Hot's a movie though. It's for the movie's called Flamin' Hot, and it's a biopic about uh, the guy who made Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Except he didn't really do that. The movie's not uh, based on a real thing, apparently. So the guy made it up. Wow. Yeah. So we're not talking about that product movie. We're talking about a different product movie, Blackberry, which explores the incredible growth and tragic collapse of the world's first smartphone and how it smashed huge enterprises before surrounding the Silicon Valley's fiercely competitive companies this has a 98 percent on rotten tomatoes with a 94 audience and a 74 imdb them some high scores it's from director matt johnson this is his third film he did the dirties which is like a found footage movie about a weirdo kid who uh wants to make movies and the school school shooting stuff's involved it's it's very good but it's hard to watch and then he made another one called operation avalanche which is about faking the moon landing that i have not seen uh but those are like super low budget things this is his first thing that he's made with like people in it like jay baruchel as a tv actor and uh glenn howerton always sunny everyone knows him a couple other character actors you might recognize in here so this is uh his first real film and uh yeah did you know anything going in other than the five minute spiel i gave you beforehand uh no i remember you mentioning it before and i didn't know if it was going to be like a theater release type movie or if it was going to be something that we come across in our streaming scrolls so i i didn't know how big this was gonna be I'm so, I didn't know how big of a release it was going to get, and I guess, like, you got, like, medium names, so it got a big enough release, but, you know, critically, people people really liked it, and then uh, it has been getting a lot of VOD, like, uh, like money since then. Like, I, this has been consistently on, like, the highest, like, streamed, paid-for movies, and I've been waiting for it to come out in the service so we could talk about it, because I really wanted to see it, because I like the creators and all the actors, I'm very interested in all this stuff, but... Uh, 
we've been we were waiting on it, and I was like, yeah, we're not gonna do Flamin' Hot. We're gonna we're gonna pay three dollars to do Blackberry. So if you haven't seen Blackberry, you unfortunately have to pay a few dollars to rent it right now. But uh, you know, that's and I that's guess what you your do. decision to do that will maybe rely on what we say, perhaps. But we're gonna spoil it here now. So uh, if you have any interest. That's that's what you want to do beforehand. Uh, Waterloo, 1996. That's where we're taking place. Uh, CEO Mike Lazaridis and his co-founder Doug Freen. Waterloo, Canada. What did I say? Nothing. I'm just specifying. Oh, Waterloo. Well, I think it's assumed that people know where Waterloo is in Canada. But there's one in Europe. I suppose. Well, there's probably a lot of Waterloo's. I just, I, well, I would have thought the first. Maybe I guess. There's a Waterloo in Iowa. Maybe I'm making a, a wrong assumption thinking that everyone would assume when I say Waterloo, I say Canada. I, I, I thought people would just think that, but I'm also from a place. You that's... can't tell me that you think of the Canadian Waterloo or the battle. I, well, if you said Waterloo and you said the city of Waterloo, like the city of Waterloo, I would think Canada. I wouldn't think the city of the Battle of Waterloo. I would think of Iowa. Uh, Doug Freen and Mike Lazaridis are about to meet Jim Balsilly, who is a businessman, uh, and it's about their new device, the Pocket Link, which is like a new high-tech phone that's got texting all in one. You gotta remember, it's 1996. The phones are very prehistoric. No smartphones, no any phones that were anything other than cell and car uh, and house. So, uh, the, these two guys, Doug and Mike, don't really have their act together. They're, they're weird, and they're childish, and, uh, Mike's got all these, uh, little idiosyncrasies, and he, the little ticking sounds that irritate him, and Doug is just a man-child, and Jim Balsilly, the man that they're having a meeting with, is a no-nonsense, very strict, he's, uh, yeah, a very hard, hard-edged gentleman, and uh, doesn't go well at first, but Jim realizes that his company, he's uh, hitting a wall, and Mike and Doug realize that their company, that they're getting screwed by their current deal, and so these three have form an unlikely team and work to create this new phone that they've been working on and make it better. And so the first third is about that, and by the middle third, we time jump to when the company is successful, RJ, uh, REM, and it's got the blackberry phones and they're selling well and they run into some problems and they do some shady things and there's some character obstacles and then the third act is when apple comes in and if you know you are a person you know what happened there so uh that is enough to talk about blackberry uh nicole what'd you think of it well first i think we should set the stage of what we knew before this about blackberry and we kind of talked about this on our own but um what do you think of when you hear the term blackberry and my immediate response is thinking of when i was a child and seeing someone with a blackberry and like thinking wow that is a business person right there that person <laughs> has business to take care of they're business person they're typing an email out in public like whoa that's <laughs> that that is dedication so i always had this uh preconceived thought that 
a blackberry was for people of of high importance and similar to like a doctor's pager where you know if they get called or on call or whatever and they have to um they they it's like in all the all the tv shows Mm -hmm. like Oh, beep, beep. Oh, my God. Someone's dying. <laughs> like, that's... Oh, I got but, my beep, my, but, my page. But, like, oh, no, the stocks are crashing or something <laughs> in, on, your, on your Blackberry. <laughs> so, um, you know, I didn't quite grasp the impact that that uh, technology had on just the working world. And, you know, I, I didn't know that that was the first, like, smartphone. I thought there... I, I don't know. Maybe I thought the Nokia was considered a smartphone. I just didn't know. So obviously looking back on that, I think I can decipher the difference. But um, yeah, having that thought in my mind watching, um, it's really quite an interesting story. And seeing these, uh, for lack of a better term, noobs working on this stuff. And <laughs> they're so smart and nerdy, but they're so poor and their their execution of what they're doing is so bad and and like misplaced um yeah they're like tinkering in a shop they're not like they don't don't seem like a professionally run organization it reminds me of a it reminds me of a lot of other tropes about that like all the nerds stay in one classroom and do their science experiments type of thing. Like, it yeah, it's like the Stranger Thing kids, but ten years later, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or like I don't know. Like, I feel like it in Accepted, there's a group like that or something, or Twenty One Jump Street, where he goes and and meets all the dorky kids in there to to learn how to do science. But yeah, so. You know, I don't know if that's really quite how things went at that time. I mean, it was the those 90s. kids become these guys. That makes sense. Yeah, and that's then they true. accidentally become millionaires. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, it's an interesting story for sure. I didn't know about these people. I looked them up afterwards, and there's some crazy stuff going on with these guys um, over the the tw- the the two thousands into the tens. So. Um, you know, the story itself, you've got the typical Glenn Howerton character is an asshole, <laughs> and he he just plays it so well, and I can only imagine that he's probably that way in real life. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think he's that way. <laughs> this is extreme. I, I haven't seen anything where he's not that to think differently. Um, he's a, <laughs> you watch the Always Sunny podcast where he's just himself? He seems like a perfectly reasonable gentleman. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, the the characters are, are very interesting and it just shows that how quickly someone can get in over their head and have to go against their morals. And I, I like that type of story because they do preface this with saying it's fictional, but I mean, the, sto- the, the movie is fictional. How... how much are we getting off course here you know what i mean like this mm. could probably this could very well be how it went um which is scary because these guys just go fucking insane um my one gripe about it is the director as you mentioned is also a character of doug mm-hmm. and i i didn't like that character at all oh you didn't like his per- no. the, the portrayal of doug no, I didn't like that. Um, and you didn't know it was I, the director until I told you afterwards. So no, I didn't. You, you, it's not like you were like, oh, this is the director hamming it up. You were just like, 
who's this third guy? <laughs> yeah, and I feel like he did a great job writing it, but he's just not a good actor. So, um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what you think about it because I don't think it was like spectacular. I don't think I would give it a 98%, but I did enjoy watching it. And there's a lot of um, uh, nail-biting moments for what's going to happen with these fucking crazy people. Yeah, I, I think 98's, oh, oh, like, it's one of those, like, who would give this a bad review kind of things? Like, who would give this, like, even if you, like, don't like this kind of movie, who you'd give it three stars, probably, right? It's very competently made and told. It's tense. I think The story isn't even something that's five-star worthy. It's not like, like, Steve Jobs. It's something well, before the, that, it's but Canadian, nobody knows about uh, it. It's like the Canadian knockoff social network. I think I think someone. Yeah. I think it's original. It's based on losing the signal, the untold story behind the extraordinary rise and spectacular fall of BlackBerry. A very long title. Probably could have worked on that. And then. Well, uh, that's why they shortened it to just BlackBerry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, it, it was all. I think the original um, shopping of the screenplay way back was the anti-social network or the unsocial network or something. So, like, basically, like this is the reversed. Facebook movie where it's about Mark Zuckerberg rising and he creates Facebook where this is like the Canadian knockoff weirdo guys and they rise and then you see them fumble and fall and you see it all because they have this guy that is not present in Apple stuff which is I mean it also works towards <laughs> it also works towards what the Blackberry really stood for to me which was this is about doing your personal work and it just so happens to have texting capabilities whereas when Steve Jobs came out with this iPhone, it was like, you're going to talk to everyone in the world. And I don't think that BlackBerry necessarily was advertising it that way. Um, so, you know, being called the unsocial network, I, I kind of like that differentiation there. I like, and I really like, it's like the story is pretty standard. And I would say like, when we did, we talked about social network. I think we did that review a couple of years ago. And- yeah. That's, like, an example of, like, oh, like, it's just a movie about a company. Like, how interesting could that really be? And that's one of... I would consider that one of the great movies about, like, a, like a company or, like, a rise in... Like a, like a biopic of a, of a, a tech kind of person. It's amazing. And this is... Like, it's not quite that good. This is definitely, like, a, a lighter version of that. But it's... Ve- I really like the filmmaking in this. It's very... Uh, it's, uh, it reminds me of the Office or Duplass Brothers stuff. It's very tight shot close camera comes like gets right in people's faces and and well when you said that this yeah when you said that this guy made a a found footage film i automatically thought of them of the duplass brothers doing that yeah this guy yeah he's a he's a super indie ish guy i think kevin are they canadian too who mark duplass I don't think the Duplasses are Canadian. They seem Canadian, uh, but no. Matt, they do. I Matt feel Johnson's like they're Canadian. All just, Jay, Jay Marichal's family. Canadian. <laughs> Glenn Howerton, not Canadian. He's Southern. Uh, but, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, I, I liked all the, like, the act, like, the acting here. I thought, the do you know Jay Baruchel from other things? The main guy? The gray-haired guy? Um, yeah, I think I've seen him when you've watched, I think I might have watched This Is The End before I remember him being in there. He's one of those doofy guys oh, yeah, he's friends like, with all of them. In that, he's like, I just watched that full thing for the first time. I had never seen the whole thing. And he's like, yeah, and that Seth Rogen's like the main character, and he's like, oh, I'm the weird Canadian friend, and everyone, mm-hmm. all the LA friends hate him, especially Jonah That's Hill. what I remember him from. Yeah. yeah, so I, that's what I know. I, I, don't, I know him from that, but like he's in those kind of goofy... 
that group comedies. So that's what I knew from. So I'd never seen him do anything dramatic. And while this is a drama, I mean, we both laughed quite a bit in this. And this is like our style of humor too. I can see like we always talk about when we go to theaters, no one laughs at the right stuff. No one, no one gives the like the, the sense of humor is just so like not on. And I could see this movie being on in a theater with like the Barbie crowd and it just like the the humor not working and then people like us cracking up at like that the, the you know the those yeah. different type of humor moments it's it's the it's the interaction of those three guys in different combinations that just it's just so it's so good yeah there's definitely some uh interesting characters in this and as i mentioned you know if you look into them further after you watch it 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 really puts a perspective into just how fucking psychotic these people were to get try to get this this technology rolling and you have to kind of have that craziness you because do. Yeah. you're just never going to be able to produce at such a quick capacity or have to kind of snake around each other this way this is so proprietary like you have to do it quickly and you have to do it sneakily and when you have someone like um jim glenn glenn's character Mm -hmm. who's just a total fucking snake and he sucks so bad and he's just a loser he gets fired for (laughs) being a for for fucking stepping over his boss who i like that boss by the way seen him oh martin donovan yeah i like him too um but you know, when you, when you have someone like that working for you and you're just a nobody who lost their supposed deal that they thought they had this whole time, but no one could be bothered to call I know, and I ask love, if I, they were still the deal. I, I, I love, I love like, the, like, the, the conversation slowly, like, snowball. It just gets, like, wilder. And it's just, like, it gets, it just keeps getting, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's getting, like, more so. And I love yeah. that. I love that, um, uh, they it's, it's, they have a lot of that those little writing bits and you can tell the the Matt Johnson character the, the the director in this his guy is always doing movie quotes and like he's acting like he a little on the spectrumy level of movie quoting and I, I don't know if he does that in the other movie the middle movie he's directed but the first movie he directed he's also a character in that and he also is like that I'm just like this guy's just like a total this guy's like a Quentin Tarantino kind of guy where he's just like a total movie spaz but like when he gets behind the camera he makes like he, he just wants to be in it at one point. I know. He just really, like, he just loves it so much. He's just like, Rah! he's just like, spa- like, I, I just spazzing out all over the screen. You can tell. But, uh, well, the th- but, but, the I, thing that, okay. Uh-huh. i a bigger point there. Well, um, when they were getting fucked by the, by the U.S. robotics and they're like, oh, they're fucking pirates. They're not going to get you. And you're like, oh, we can't get into business with Glenn Howerton because he's a shark. And he's like, oh, what are pirates afraid of? Pirates are afraid of sharks. So there you go. Oh wow! I was like, That's oh, very. He must have been very deep. proud when he write, when he wrote that. I was like, That's very yeah. nice. <laughs> he co-wrote um, it with Matthew Miller, another Canadian, I believe. So, yeah, I'm like just watching the way that our lead guy. I can't think of his name, Mike. Mike. Um, watching the way that Mike is so meek and and timid in the beginning and has to deal with this loser jim he's just fucking horrible and the the, the <laughs> you think of jim as a loser you don't see his skills of of yelling until no he gets what because he wants. All, he, all he does is manipulate weaklings and <laughs> that's what his job that's that's what, i know like, and i, like what I don't think i could ever thrive in in this type of environment but um they literally just find like weakling geniuses and 
bully them around until they make them all their money. <laughs> like that's that's. I mean, honestly, some people say that's what Steve Jobs did to Wozniak and his team. Yeah. So I mean, well, yeah. we we know you know it's it's going to come full circle. It's it's yeah. leads up to that, and um, I appreciate that that the guy found his voice. But I mean, getting tossed around the way he did in the beginning, like. Bro, you got to get your shit together. This I, is bad. I, I like Mike's character a lot because he's so he the performance is really good. Like he 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 arcs a lot in the movie because by the end when when we get when he gets past like the middle act, like the middle act is when they are in threat of getting bought by Palm Pilot, and that's when Carrie Elway's guys showed up. Then he's, uh, 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 I hate hockey, and I'm gonna fucking buy your company, Glenn Howerton, and Glenn Howerton didn't like that. So he has to pump the stock up and sell all the phones, and then they can't, but they're gonna blow their networks. So I, like that's like the middle point where he has to, where Mike learns to like compromise principles and push too far and then when we come back around to the third act where he's like he's full gray haired full suit like he's kind of fully transformed and then now he's getting facing the consequences that glenn harrington's character put in and then that's the same time when apple comes in at the same exact time so you just get like they just get smashed yeah i mean they had to move fast though they saw how quickly blackberry was progressing like this is all no that's another that's really that's the crazy thing with all this this all happened in fucking 11 years they went from nobody's in a shack to on top of the world to back to nothing in like do we do we give jim the credit for that what jim the credit for making them anything for making it so quickly i mean he went in there and busted deals and and stepped on people's toes and did what he wasn't supposed to and I mean, they they became successful. Well, yeah. I mean, I would argue, yeah. Without Jim coming in and beating up on those guys, then what would have happened is Research in Motion RM would have been a, probably you know screwed over by US Robotics. Maybe US Robotics would have came back in a couple of years and bought them out for pennies on the dollar and bought up their remaining tech. And then maybe US Robotics and Palm Pilot would have got the first smartphone and. And then maybe Apple would have ate their lunch in five years or whatever. Who knows? Like in the end, it would, it didn't really matter because BlackBerry was only BlackBerry was king for so short. You know, you think of Microsoft and Apple and like those kind of companies, and they're old, like relatively old in like tech space. They're like forty years old. So like BlackBerry came up and down ten years. That's that's yeah, that's, that's crazy. wild. Apple, you know, yeah, Apple, Microsoft, Google came up in the early, mid nineties, but they're still here and huge. So you know, so. Did you read on, I didn't read on this, um, when they were s- starting to gain success and they're starting to bring in these guys from other um, companies because they need to grow and they need the brain power and basically what the whole juice of this movie is where they're now starting to do shady things and mm-hmm. J- Jim is, is doing some shysty work here. I I didn't know about any of this, and I you know that's basically where their demise came started to to come from, um you know because I, where did where did he where did Jim start to gain all of this money? I know he doesn't have it to pay these people ten million dollars, right. but like where where do we where where am I missing like where it's a possibility these people would believe him. Did he show them what the expected worth of BlackBerry would be? Where they think, oh, okay, this guy can pay me ten million, or were they just going in like 
you know, I need to get out of my current job or, I, or whatever. I mean, I'm thinking you're you're sitting there. You're like the director of engineering at like where was it? Like Google. Like you're you're the up and comer. You're like the twentieth most powerful tech person in this company, which is like the third most powerful. So you're like a top hundred tech person in the world. And so here comes BlackBerry, uh, a relative unknown but up and comer, and they offer you a giant blank check to come work for you, like. You sit there and like you're like at least me on, on the other end of the table. I'm not thinking about how are they literally going to give me this money. I'm thinking about this is my shot to go and be the big cheese over how here. How much am I going to make afterwards? I know. I'm like they're. I'm like who can like how are they going to give me ten million? That's their problem. That's not my problem. Like it's not like you know that's and it, the way they present it in the movie, like he said, like he's like Rich Sommer is the first guy they go to, the guy with the glasses, and he's like, and he's like, is this legal? And you know, he's like, I hey, don't worry about that. I'll take care of all that. So like, I I guess from like the the standpoint of the people who were hired for all this absorbent money, and you're like, did you think it was legit? I would be like, well why not like i guess like what's to say like i don't know there's not really a due diligence on their end to to make sure that they they shouldn't do that was google big at this point where this guy would think it was a wise decision to leave there well he if you, i mean if you remember he didn't want to leave but he just kept throwing giant sums of money yeah. at him until he left that's why he left is because he was and the a other guy with amount. the glasses did they say where he came from the... Remember they had that conversation. There was like, "How much did he offer you? Ten million? Oh, me too." Yeah, the other guy they show. The second guy. So the first guy is the guy with the glasses. The first guy they hire, and the second guy is the uh, Asian guy, and he's the one who works at. Um, I think he works at Bell, which becomes Verizon later on. But that's where we meet Charles Purdy, the COO, the big old dude, the bait like the the burly dude. So they. So those two guys both came from those two guys got poached the same way with the backdated contract um yeah oh purdy did too did purdy too the coo no i thought you just said that no both of them but he came in at the same time saying like he basically he got he got glasses then he got the asian guy and then at the same time like he got him he was like oh who's that guy i want him too because this is at the same time he's trying to make sure he doesn't get hostile takeover basically the whole reason, like, like they would have been, what also would have happened is Jim bought them out and, like, helped them get to where they were in the middle of the film. But also at the midpoint of the movie, if Jim had not done the illegal things, what probably would have happened is they would have just got bought out by, by the other guy, by Carrie Elways, and then R.I.M. would have become part of Palm Pilot, and it would have been some giant, you know, Palm Pilot Blackberry merger, which also eventually would have probably gotten beat by Apple. So again, not. A I always thought that the they end. were the same thing, honestly. Well, that's because before iPhones, like old, it was just like old phone that, like old phone that business people use with keyboard, and you use a stylus. Like it's like business phone, right? Like business touch thing. So I don't know. Like they were almost the same thing. <laughs> when he was trying to stay afloat after apple released their touchscreen yeah when mike's like in denial yeah i swear i don't know why i thought that blackberry was owner of the sidekick i thought it was going the sidekick route oh remember the sidekick <laughs> was that was that Motorola? <laughs> i thought that was motorola no i think it was t well t-mobile was the well they're the, the carrier. carrier yeah so i don't know who worked with t-mobile but but yeah, I mean, it's just so it's so crazy to me that something so small like the the little ball is something that 
could like make it or break make or break them. I like that. This is like an alternate universe where like things went so slightly differently. Like 2007 for so many things. Like I, I think of the Queen of Versailles documentary too. Like that giant palace they were making. Was that in 2007? Same, yeah, or 2006, 2007. Same kind of thing. Right before the financial crisis, and in this. Our our our, uh, our Queen of Versailles is, is Jim Balsillie trying to move the Pittsburgh Penguins to Hamilton just so he can have his private skybox and uh, watch them. Yeah. I was just like, if Blackberry just held on for two more years, like that probably would like. I mean, he got rejected, but like I'm sure he would have fucking weaselled his way somewhere. Like, I love that he's just like he basically willed his way. To, so this guy, this guy, you, you meet him and he's. He's at this company, and he's a couple shots away on the totem pole from getting his his shot. And he meets the dweebs, and he's like, oh, I have a shot to make my thing. Like, he doesn't care at all about the company he was working for before, the manufacturing company, the phones. All he wants to do is figure out, how can I make billions of dollars so I can buy a hockey team and they're my private hockey team that I watch in my stadium from the sky and everyone and I lord over the whole like that's like literally he doesn't even care he cares about nothing except for acquiring so much money that he could buy a hockey team it's 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 a wild supervillain type of move and it's kind of cool that he got that close <laughs> yeah well that's the thing didn't he I mean I was just reading this Wikipedia the other night I can't remember doesn't he still own something? I think he owns a sports team still. Uh, he probably like, bought a... I, mean, I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Jim Ball, silly. I mean, he was, like, so crazy. And just the fact that once we get into the him being uh, arrested for the illegal stock sharing or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it's so mind-blowing to me that nothing came of that like i cannot fucking believe that i'm so shocked that he didn't get any jail time he didn't get any repercussions from it and now he's just living life exactly what he wanted to do oh he didn't get to own the uh the the hockey team oh he didn't own anything no No. looking through here he made he's made offer so he made the bid to move the Pittsburgh Penguins, then a bid at the Predators, a bid at the Coyotes. This is a- but that was just such a great showing of his personality. Like he went in there so uh, happy and and personable, and when it didn't go his way, he just blew the fuck up, which was the exact reason why they didn't want to sell it to him in the first place because they heard about how much of an asshole he is. Because like, that's the thing is like. In order to be this successful, in order to be uh, like that level of a salesperson, you do need to be charismatic in the room. People do need to like you and want to do business with you and buy from you. But I mean, he was starting to. He, I mean, he flopped when he went into that first board meeting. Right when he lo- when when Mike lost the prototype, he fucking flopped. He had no idea what he was doing. He all he can do is scream at people and boss his secretary around until he makes it. Like that's the I feel like that's like the quintessential CEO move. <laughs> Not he, know anything about the fucking company. He he just, yeah he's a he's the tip of the spear. Like he doesn't actually like 
and he's he's a salesperson. He's a good like that is like literally what like, he's a face. Yeah, like he doesn't actually have any expertise. He did like when the Doug's like, oh, I bet you don't even know what a blah blah, blah whatever blah, blah blah is, and then he literally takes Mike aside. I right, what the hell is he talking about? Like, <laughs> like he doesn't know, but like he knows. There are he what he knows is I, I'm a big scary man and I come in a room and there's little scary people I can boss them around until they do what I want. That's his that's his skill. That's as much as his skill as much as as Mike's skill is tinkering with things and fixer, fixing their little uh, their little gadgets. Like it's it's just a different like and it's somewhat monstrous to watch. But like they you also have to think like he's got to be you know somewhat personable charismatic person in person one on one. When, you know, he's putting his little mask on, and then when you see what he really wants, yeah, that's not surprising. Uh, I know we're kind of wrapping up here, but I did want to say the, I love, and it's because, I'm sure it's because filmmaker guy, filmmaker nerd guy made this. The beginning and ending scenes, their poetry, they rhyme. It's the Mike and Doug in the beginning of the office, and he's tinkering with that little... um, that calm button in Balsillie's office and it's made in China and it's making a humming sound and it's so annoying and you're like, oh, I just need to fix this real quick. And and uh, then we wrap it all the way back around to the, the end where he's compromised his values and he can't get everything made in time so he has everything made in China like he said he would never do and he gets the all the boxes in the in the warehouse and they're all defective and he's standing there tinkering with each one back like i'm sure that i'm sure that's an exaggeration an artistic embellishment but visually storytelling wise it's excellent it's so good him with his buddy in the grubby little office at the beginning and then 10 10 years later he's in his suit with his hair slicked back in the off giant warehouse full of useless things of his his <laughs> compromised vision a, a giant warehouse full of things he said he'd never do and he's just yeah. oh it's so good it's such a good it's such a good storytelling and that's why i'm saying like if this were just some other biopic movie we wouldn't be talking about if it were flaming hot tetris some other thing we would be leaving it alone but and not paying money for it extra but uh I knew there would be little nuggets like that that I that I extra appreciate in here, and that those are the kind of things I look for. Yeah, I thought that was a great uh, full circle moment too. Um, it just blows me away. I don't know how hyperbolic it was, but the amount of inventory that they had placed, and what was it now, like two thousand eleven or so? I think it was. Maybe I'm a little bit older than what time the time was, but. The fact that they had had to have been uh, uh, almost a million pieces of inventory, like, there's no way that they expected to do that sort of business. They were already flailing as it was. What the fuck did they have all that stuff for? He thought, I, he, I just think they thought that they could beat, they thought, they didn't expect the Apple to beat them. And it all, it, it all happened at the same time, too. Like, Apple... Got dropped the iPhone the same time that there they started getting it looked into by the SEC at the same time as the market crash of 2007, 2008, 2009. So they're getting triple like they're being a bad business that's getting bad luck from the grander market as well as getting direct light like like world changing competition from like a direct competitor. Like they they just got tsunamied. They had no shot and like it's just 
it's st- like they they could have if they had prepared better, but they didn't know and they didn't see it coming and they weren't they they were too high on their hubris, too busy buying hockey teams and thinking my my clicking BlackBerry device will will always beat a screen and that that was their downfall. I want to talk about one more thing and I feel like. <laughs> During our review here, we didn't quite talk about the movie as much, but it kind of speaks for itself. I mean, it's it's like a semi-true story about this company, which, by the way, we haven't talked about if this is actually true or not, how they got their name. Um, oh, was, <laughs> how they got their name, yeah. Was, uh, yeah, uh, the little blackberry stain on his shirt during the pitch, which I thought was very interesting. Um, because I always wondered myself where that came from. If, if, if it's that simple, I mean, that's incredible. Um, but the person I want to talk about is actually Doug, right? His name's Doug. Um, the third guy, yeah. And what they said at the end in the, in the credits where Doug decided to sell all of his stock before the crash of this company. Yeah. And, it's so, if you didn't look this up, you have to look this up. I mean, this guy is one of the smartest people I've ever heard of. <laughs> like, he sold this these X thousand numbers of stock or whatever, and this guy is living the life. I, I don't know what he's doing now, but in the teens, uh, 20 teens, 2010s, he's like living up because he, d- he made the best move ever yeah doug the guy who and again there's like there's three main there's really two main characters and doug's kind of the third guy and you know mike's our protagonist and he's like a flawed hero like he has you know he's you cheer for him but he's got problems and then jim's you you like you like watching him because he's interesting but he's a, a monster and doug's kind of like a loser idiot but he is like an idiot savant like he gets a, he his team rallies behind him like he clearly has like some sort of ability and it's nice to find out at the end of the movie like it's it's very it's all very poetic. Like Mike gets bit, basically the the slimy smarmy businessman gets away scot free and keeps chasing his NHL team. And the guy who was just wanted to hang out with his friends and make toys is the secret billionaire and that that made it out on top. So crazy. I mean, this guy is just the best part of all of this. In the in the end of it, <laughs> it's a, I enjoyed every the for the movie learning about it everything about BlackBerry my experience with it and uh, so I guess I'll I'll ask you Nicole would you recommend BlackBerry? Uh yeah I think so I mean it's a it's a very interesting story and something that I didn't know about as a young younger person you know this was how old would I have been at this time? 14, 15 years old. And mm-hmm. I just had my, my own first Sony Ericsson phone <laughs> <laughs> and I used it when I was at middle school to call my mom. Like, you know, I must've been a little bit younger, but, um, you know, I, I didn't have a grasp on what this phone did for the world. And as much hyperbole as they want to put on this story, um, I still think it's very interesting, and I don't think that they're really taking much liberty on how these people acted. I think they're probably all like this. <laughs> so to see people like this, I mean, it's, it feels realistic it's, to like it's I yeah like over the it's eye opening realistic yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I liked it yeah I I hugely recommend Blackberry I had a high expectations and I was not disappointed thankfully. Um, 
it, it I, I hope it gets it's it's a small movie but I hope it gets some sort of award buzz or traction or something even if it's just you know the the, the token screenplay nomination or something like it's it's very 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 well told and if it had I just picture if it had bigger names in a studio behind it it would be like social network level popular and because it's you know but it's I didn't the con- like social network I felt like it was too much. Oh, like, you didn't like? Uh, you don't like Social Network? You like this more I than Social remember, Network? I don't remember what I said when we watched Social Network, but um, <laughs> yeah, don't roll the tape. Don't, <laughs> which, in this moment, you you don't remember liking Social Network. <laughs> I I never stick to any fucking opinion that I have. It's like true. if you don't realize that by now, you sometimes then, switch mid review. Sometimes you'll, you'll yeah, say with conviction at the beginning and the end opposite things. I just like <laughs> to talk, you know, and whatever comes out of it at that moment is how I'm feeling. But um I actually like that these are there's they're still actors. Like I get I, I fully understand that, but they're lesser known, I would say. They don't have as much of a presence. Like you get um Jesse Eisenberg and he is, you know, so uh, who he is. Yeah, like, <laughs> like there's no, they're like, oh yeah, it's just like there's no mistake. Yep, and you know, it's Justin Timberlake, right? Like, yeah, that's that's. I feel Andrew like Andrew Garfield's like your smaller star. Army having Andrew. a name, yeah. yeah, having a name in your movie, and these guys are like, okay, the director wants to play a role, and he's not going to be the big guy. He's going to be the doofy kind of guy. Right. And then we have uh, someone very relatable to modern pop culture with Glenn Howerton, and the other guy who's in, basically, if you look at his disc, uh, filmography, he is just a voice actor. Like Jay Baruchel is a guy, very prolific voice. He's How to Train Your Dragon movies, he's Flynn, the main yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's he he doesn't show face that much, and when he does, he's like the 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 friend nobody likes. <laughs> like, he, he reminds me of a young uh, Christian Slater. His vo- his voice and like affectation. He doesn't look like him really, but there's something about him that's Christian Slatery, which is, I guess, in a way, saying he's Jack Nicholsony because that's kind of what Christian Slater is. But um, well, yeah, he's very um, refined. I feel like he he leans into the role very well, and he, I don't think he really expects praise like Glenn Howerton does. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, like so I, I know we all know we know who Glenn Howerton is because one because Always Sunny is like one of the biggest TV shows ever. But even before that, like we're in Philadelphia, so we know we know Glenn Howerton. But like, what name? Can you name a single other project he's done other than Always Sunny? Like he doesn't he does stuff. Yeah, he's like, in that. Sh- he's in a show. He's in. Oh, that's right. Uh, he's in AP Bio. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, so he does TV, but I, and I guess they both do. I guess him and Jay are both primarily TV actors. So. But anyway, I like this better than Social Network because it just wow. it feels if it feels it has a realness to it. And I again, I've only seen Social Network one time, and it was for this re- review that we've done. So I don't have that cult following like a lot of people do about it. I'm putting on um, the poster for this, Nicole, better than Social Network. <laughs> and Jesse Eisenberg is kind of a loser, so. <laughs> Uh, two, I'll say it. <laughs> two recommends for the BlackBerry movie worth the three bucks. I would say this is these are the ones where like I'm, I'm starting to come around on my whole philosophy of oh, we own so many streaming services. Like when we're doing it for the show, we want to do either new stuff or like something pop culturally significant. And sometimes it's more valuable to do something that's streaming a couple bucks than it is to talk about. Whoa. Crap. <laughs> 
So I'm, We're changing our stance, huh? I just, I, there was a Beanie Baby movie on Apple TV Plus. I guess we could have done that, but like, I don't, I don't know. I, Wait, that Beanie Baby movie was awesome. You watched and it? If, no, 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 not the, not the documentary. There's a, there's a, there's oh. a, a movie movie with, uh, Oh no, I didn't watch that. No, I, I didn't watch like, Beanie Baby. You, you, <laughs> you watched a movie without me? <laughs> no, we watched the documentary. <laughs> no, not the documentary. Not, not that. No, this is, uh, this has, um, what's your name? Elizabeth Banks and, um, and Sarah Snook from, uh, Secession. Um, yeah, maybe we should. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I can't vouch for that. I, I wanted to also do something, like, we're, we're on a short timeline. It's just the two of us. We have, uh. We've got uh, some vacations coming up, so we're not going to be recording for a few weeks, so we needed to just fill something in, and I wanted to pick something you'd like, and I didn't think you'd like anything else, <laughs> so <laughs> it looks like I, I was correct. So, uh, two recommends for BlackBerry, and coming up, we're, uh, I mean, August is not the best theater month currently, uh, so hopefully things come back around in the fall, but uh, we'll still be doing streaming movies, probably catching up on stuff like this, and uh, this is the time for recommendations. It's almost 2nd January. If you have things to recommend to us, Films with the Women of My Life on Facebook, reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Brennan underscore pod host, and you can email the show, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Thanks for being on for Blackberry, Nicole. Go birds. Go birds. Till next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.